Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name's Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers improve their pedagogy for better learning outcomes. In every episode, we discuss practical teaching tips that are evidence-based and simple to implement. We hope you're inspired and encouraged in what you do as teachers. So let's get into it and enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. Josh Vine here again for another episode. It's been one week that I have been now teaching online and I thought I would put together an episode of my top 10 tips and tricks that I have learnt over this past week. I really hope it is helpful for you as you listen and I'm sure that some of the things I'm going to be talking about will be things that are familiar to you. I've had a week of uh, things that have worked and things that haven't worked. I've had a week where I've been spending half of it trying to find a charger, trying to find uh, space in my house that is quiet to be able to work from. I have two small children uh, and a wife at home who is trying to keep them under wraps and then I have classes that I'm trying to teach at the same time. And so I think many of you out there who are listening to this would likely be in a similar boat to me and I felt that after one week there were some some things that I had learnt that I thought may be helpful. And so I want to go through those things today. I've got 10 top tips for teaching online that I have learnt after the first week. And so I want to start with number one. Uh, Number one, I wrote that we need to make it clear to parents and students how we intend to function during this time. When we teach online, it's a very it's very important that we actually get communication right. We have to let the parents and the students know exactly how we're going to function as teachers in this time. And what that means is we may have to put that out in various forms of communication, whether that be via email, uh, creating a recorded video of yourself and then posting that to your LMS. Um, Whatever that looks like for you, I think it was so helpful for me when I made it clear to all of the parents and the students that if you are a student of mine in a class of mine, then this is how I'm going to teach. And I felt that that was probably the first step to making this online teaching experience work. So if I would encourage you to do anything, step one, make it clear, send out an email and explain to the parents and the students exactly how they're going to find your lesson material, the times that you will be on or off uh, line, the ways that you'll be communicating, the apps that you'll be using, the work that they'll be completing. I think it's so important to just start with that so that everyone is on the same page. Uh, Key number two was routine is your friend. You have to have some sort of routine to what you do and that is routine for yourself as a teacher uh, but also routine for uh, how you actually are going to teach. I, I felt that if I had the same approach to my lessons, at least having a, a a scaffold that was somewhat uh, repetitious, then the students felt more comfortable and were able to know exactly what was going to be happening in each lesson. Students are creatures of habit and we as teachers know this. And so 
one of the things that will really help students out is if they know how lessons are going to happen. Um, if you do pre-recordings, for example, then do that for as many lessons as possible. If the students start to get used to the fact that the pre-recording is always part of the lesson, then they'll start to become aware of that. They'll actually even start to prepare for that. And it also just helps them to know and feel a, a sense of stability that they are learning as best as they can in such a time as this. I think it's really important that if we uh, can establish a routine, then we can start to add little bits to our repertoire. I don't know about you, but my inbox is filling up every day with offers from various companies who are giving me free resources and COVID-19 freebies and try our program and use our app and try our tool. And the problem with that is is that you can feel a sense of I'm going to miss out or my students are going to miss out on something if I don't use this tool in this email. My encouragement to everyone out there is you need to find the tools that work for you, that work for your students, that are easy to implement that get the results and then over time start to add other uh, implements or tools into your repertoire. Don't think that you have to grab everything that's out there and be Zooming and Microsoft Teamsing and Google Classrooming and grabbing this from this email and then I saw this on Facebook and now I'm going to try and do that with my class. You need to narrow down what you're doing to the things that work well for you, that get the desired results for the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. So that would be my key number two, is have some routine about how you go about your work. Number three, comparison is not healthy. Facebook and groups on Facebook is great. You can um, learn lots of things from other people's ideas and you can feel a sense of support as a teacher. But one of the things that I've noticed is that if I read or look at what's on Facebook and start to consider that in light of who I am and what I'm doing, and if I start to compare myself to what other amazing teachers are doing out there, it can start to be really deflating. So point number three is be really careful not to compare yourself to other teachers. It's it's so easy to do, but remember your class, your situation, your your area of the world that you live in, the culture that you come from is very unique. And so everyone will have various resources that are available only to them or ways of doing things that are only available to them. We know that students are different in every single school. And so what works in one school or even one class may not work with another. And so we have to be really careful that when we're on Facebook, we don't look at what you know, year three is doing in this class and start to think, oh my goodness, I'm not doing a good job. Because it's uh, it's one of those things that we have to realize is that not every class is the same. So really be careful about the comparison game. Number four, all I can do is my best. I think it's something that we need to say to ourselves as teachers in a time like this, all I can do is my best. Remember that your kids and your students love you as their teacher and all you can do for them and the parents is your best. And sometimes we think that we have to be something more, that we have to 
do something more than than we have been doing. And what I've been reading when I've looked at Facebook groups and people who have made comment is that the kids are just loving having to be able to see their teacher or interact with their teacher in some way. And so, don't underestimate the power of just being together, of just, you know, if you're, if you're using something like Microsoft Teams or Zoom or Google Classroom where, or Google Meet where you can actually see each other, the kids are really going to enjoy just that. Uh, of course, there'll be things that you might want to achieve in the lesson, but let's also remember that uh, we're doing the best that we can and all we can do is that. Key number five is at some point in our teaching, it's really important that we get feedback. And so, an encouragement would be, ask your class what has been working well for them and even if you're comfortable, and this may not be everyone, but you may be comfortable to ask the parents at some stage, maybe in the next few weeks, what has been working for your child what is it that I've been doing that has worked well? What are the things that are not working so well for you? I think it's so important that we don't just go on blindly doing what we're doing and not getting some sort of feedback, some sort of information that we can then consider and then act on so that we can improve. Even in this season, we can still learn and do things in a better way or in a more effective way. The only way that we're going to be able to do that is if we get that feedback. So, key number five is get feedback from those that you are teaching so that you can learn and adjust for better learning outcomes. Key number six is celebrate the wins you're having and share these as a staff. You know, we have to stay positive in a season like this. During this pandemic, it is so easy to only see the doom and gloom, to only see the problems with online teaching, the problems with parents and the problems with students and the problems with everything. But we are going to have some awesome wins in this season. I know at my school, we have emails going left, right and center about some of the amazing things that we have seen. Students doing lessons in a way that we had never expected them to be able to do. Uh, Students writing uh, information into uh, a Google Teams sheet where they had been so quiet and shy in the past and now they're interacting with their peers in a new way. And so I think it's so important that amongst all of the the difficulty of this season, the difficulty of online teaching, that we also take moments in every day to look for, well, that was a win and I'm going to share that with the staff. We have to stay positive in this season. Key number seven is so important. And as teachers, we don't do this very well. And I'm learning how to do this more as someone who is a a bit of a workaholic. um, We have to look after ourselves. We have to beware of the lure to keep working when we are at home. The the good thing for me, for example, I have to drive 45 to 50 minutes every day to get to my school. And that drive actually breaks up and compartmentalizes often school time and home time. And so with the new way of doing things of working from home, now your laptop is always there. The work is going to always be there. 
the LMS is always calling out to us. There are always always going to be emails dinging and notifications binging. And my encouragement to you is to have some set boundaries around time of when is work time, when is home time, when is the time that I engage with email, when don't I. And obviously, there will be times when you will break these rules, but do your best to come up with ways to look after yourself. In looking after yourself, we also need to remind ourselves that we should be eating well, trying to get some exercise if possible. I know that around the world, people have different restrictions on what they can do. Obviously, indoor exercise may be possible, looking for something on YouTube that we can follow along with. And also sleeping well. We have to be making sure that we're getting plenty of sleep. We are going to be in demand like never before as teachers. And we are also going to be very accessible and our, our computers are also going to be very accessible. So there's going to be a big temptation to keep working. And there's always going to be something that you can do. At some point, we have to say, that's enough and it's time for me to have a break. And so key number seven is make sure you're looking after yourself and being aware of when is it work time and when am I going to have those breaks. Key number eight is collaborate with other staff and ask them what is working for them because remembering that they are in the same school culture as you. And so if they are having wins and if they are doing something that is working for the students, then consider having those conversations and collaborations to find out what it is that they're doing that's working for them and how can you maybe incorporate that into what you're doing. It's almost better to find that out from people within your own school culture than to go looking for that on places like Facebook and other uh, social networking groups where the culture and the, the situation does not match. You're not comparing apples with apples. But when they're from your own school, it becomes a lot more likely that the things that could work in one class could work in another. Key number nine. There will always be that one parent. I think we all know the parent that I'm talking about. It's the one who doesn't see things from anyone else's perspective but their own. They're not seeing the hours of work, putting information into Google Classroom or Microsoft Teams, running Zoom lessons, teaching content, answering questions checking emails, staying up late at night planning lessons and assessing work, updating markbooks and losing sleep over possible welfare concerns that students might be having. And so as teachers, I want to encourage us all that we are working as hard as we can. We're doing the best that we can. But there will always be that one parent who makes a negative comment because it doesn't work for their child or there's too much work or there's not enough work and so I want to encourage us that we don't take the 1% comment and apply that as the only comment and frame our whole perspective on how we're going around a 1% comment from one parent. We're now up to our final key for this episode which is key number 10 and before we investigate that key. I'd also like to just mention that uh, around the globe, 
teachers have really risen to the occasion. We have in some ways been heroes of this hour, being able to move and adapt with huge regulation changes that have been thrust upon us with little to no notice. I look around many of the groups that I'm in when it comes to teaching and I see people who are extremely motivated, extremely caring, who really just want the best for their students and don't want them to miss out on the education that they so dearly need and deserve. And so I want to encourage us and applaud teachers who are out there who are listening to this podcast. Continue to do the great work that you do because our students need us uh, and it's so important that we get through this time together. So now for key number 10. Not every lesson is going to go to plan. It's not going to be as effective as face-to-face teaching. Technology is going to fail at times. The students are going to find it difficult to do certain things that we were hoping they'd be able to do. And so I would encourage us to always have a backup plan for how we might deliver the lesson if plan A wasn't to work. I've started to learn this week that it's so important to have a plan B and a plan C and you know so that if everything was to fall over I could still do the lesson in this way. So I would encourage us to do that. But just remember that when a lesson fails you're not a failure. You're doing the absolute best you can with the resources that you have, the students that you have and the situation that you're in. So look after yourself. And we hope that over the next few months, things start to get back to normal, that you'll get back to seeing your students again and enjoying the opportunity, maybe even reinvigorated to be able to teach again face-to-face with the students that we so dearly care for and enjoy teaching. I'd like to extend my best wishes to everyone and we thank you for being here on That Teacher Podcast. Thanks for listening to That Teacher Podcast. We are so happy that you did. You can also subscribe to That Teacher Podcast so that you never miss an episode. And you can also find us on Facebook at That Teacher Podcast, where you can also find links to our episodes and also leave us a comment or a question that we may be able to answer on the next show. We'd love to see you again next time. And until then, it's bye for now.